Come on in. The Real Kipper and Bourne Show. We are live on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver and Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. This hour of Real Kipper to by Bet365. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandeo, and James Wilson or Jimmy Willie. I will never call you James Wilson ever again. You are just will. Jimmy Willie. Welcome aboard, Jimmy Willie. Uh, plenty to get into as we uh, broaden the horizons throughout the league. We're going to welcome in Brian Burke in just a second. But uh, before that, just to reiterate, uh, Corey Perry issued a statement within the last few hours. I would like to sincerely apologize to the entire Chicago Blackhawk organization, including ownership, management, coaches, trainers, employees, and my teammates. I would also like to apologize to the to my fans and my family. I am embarrassed, and I have let you all down. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to uh, – if you want to find it, you can find it on sportsnet.ca, but I will finish with his last paragraph okay. before we get to Brian Burke. I've started working with experts in the mental health and substance abuse fields to discuss my struggles with alcohol, and I will take whatever steps necessary to ensure that this never happens again. I hope to regain the trust and respect of everyone who has believed in me throughout my career. Once again, I am deeply sorry, Corey. Mm -hmm. All right, let's welcome in former NHL executive and general manager, now currently... uh, the executive director of the Women's Professional Union. Let's welcome in Brian Burke. Hey, Berkey, uh, how are you, pal? Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me on, Nikki. Thanks, Justin. Um, you know what? Just to follow up uh, uh, Corey Perry's statement, uh, you know, everybody can find it uh, on various uh, platforms, uh, no question. The one that stuck out to me the most is he hopes to regain the trust and respect of everyone, and it it sounds to me like he's not given up hope of playing again in the National Hockey League. But where do you want to start, Berkey, in terms of your thoughts of what has gone on in the last week? Where do you want to go? Well, first off, I, I'm thinking about Corey. Um, you've got a player who's entered the substance abuse program or player assistance program. He's obviously battling some kind of issue. And I, I always worry about the player first. Uh, Corey played for me. He's a great kid. This sounds like a real aberration from his normal behavior. And it sounds like he needs help, and he's getting help. And that's what I hope happens next. And so we kind of sit back here, Berkey, and and wait to see, um, you know, the next steps. Obviously, his treatment um, will deserve uh, a measure of privacy. Do you think there's a a chance that, you know, this is cleared up and then he's right back in the NHL at some point this season? Well, the whole program, the, the player assistance program was designed for just that. It was designed to give players a chance to get back on their feet, beat the issues at least temporarily or permanently, hopefully, but deal with these issues and get back to playing hockey. That's the whole purpose of this player assistance program. And I think players or people tend to think these guys have these great lives and they make all this money and they're perfect. They can't make mistakes when, in fact, it's a difficult lifestyle. It's a difficult program to exist in, and there's a lot of pressure on players. And so when they do cross the line and make a mistake, we've got to figure out a way to get them back. So, yes, that's what I hope happens. Burke, I want to, I want to ask you something here, and I, I want to be sensitive about it, but, like, 
you know what I've been through. We've, um, you know, we've had discussions and, and all that. There are times, do you think there are times where people kind of use the program as PR cover? It's, it, it feels sometimes insincere. And I'm not saying that's Perry's situation. There are lots of these situations. But it just feels like every time someone acts up, I know it's going to be the next thing. I don't, do you think that happens in the league or am I out on, way out of my element here? Well, I think it's really unfair to the player. No one wants to cross that line. Yeah. No one wants to say I'm a functioning, successful NHL player, but I need help and I'm getting out of the out of the program. I'm not going to play. I'm going to give up my career for a while and see if I can fix this. I think that's really insensitive to say someone's using it for cover and excuse. I think these are players with real issues, and it's really hard for the average person who would give his right testicle to play in the NHL and he says, oh, a guy can't even stay sober? What's so hard about that? Berkey, if, if we take what you're saying on face value, over the years in any league, we've got a hundred of these comparisons. So where is Chicago to terminate his contract and kick him to the curb right. so quickly? Were, were they wrong to judge so quickly? Well, first off, the, the league can't make that determination. My understanding is that the league will look into what's appropriate and what the next step is. And so from my perspective, terminating the contract before there's a full investigation is unusual. And my guess is the league will say, not so fast. We'll decide what the next steps are. We'll decide what the return to play is. We'll decide who gets paid. We'll decide who doesn't. My guess is the union has a lot to say about this. Yeah. And then I just want to clarify that this is not that's not commentary for me on Corey Perry. I just feel like every time there's an issue, I, I know what the next step is going to be, um, because really, as, as Kipper's saying there, it's like if, if he does have mental health issues and substance abuse issues, this feels like something that the team would help a player with and work through. And, you know, so how much do you think the previous incidents the Blackhawks have been through the Kyle Beach scandal influenced what seemed to be, I don't want to call it hasty, but a very quick decision on Perry. I agree with that. That was my reaction reading what was going on was as a very knee-jerk reaction. The league will take a much more different and tempered approach, and maybe the conduct justifies what happened. I don't know the facts. I don't pretend to know the facts. I know this. I know it's really hard for the average person to understand how someone who's making $4 million dollars and playing in the NHL can have a problem. But we do have mental health issues. We do have alcohol issues. We do have gambling issues. We do have drug issues. And our job is to put those players back where they can function. And this isn't my view as the head of the union with the women. This is my view as a, as a former player and as a human being. These players encounter real problems, and they have to deal with them. And the substance abuse program, the player assistance program, was put in effect for just these type of situations. Berkey, since the moment he was pulled off the ice during a game to just up to a, a, maybe the Kyle Davidson press conference, which to me was just, I think, so mishandled, where are teams in general of something of this magnitude um, or your experiences over the years in terms of what you think your, your, your team of PR or ownership can handle and where you might want to just make a phone call and get some firm or professional advice outside of your building. Um, is that common? 
when when something internal like this happens that you might reach out to some professional help in terms of how to manage this? Well, I've had players go through this. I've had coaches go through this. I've had to deal with it personally. I've been involved personally. The fact of the matter is the league has a great program. Dr. Lewis and Dr. Uh, I'm a blank. Shaw. You'll probably think of his name. Dr. Shaw run a great program for this. They know exactly what to do. They have expert help for mental health issues, for substance abuse issues. They have ways to isolate the player, get him help right away. And there's a there's a program for this. This is not an isolated no, no, no. incident. But Berkey, I, I'm I'm talking about Chicago handling this. I'm talking about ways to minimize the PR disaster, like dragging innocent teammates and their families through the mud. Well, that I'm not sure that, that speculation in social media we're ever going to get away from that. That was disgusting. I'm not sure there's a way to, to prevent that because that the social media goes wild. They say and do what they want. I can tell you from personal experience, they write whatever they want. And so to me, that's that's a different issue. I don't think the, the Chicago Blackhawks did anything wrong unless it was yanking him off the ice and terminating his contract, which in, in, in due course, the union may sort that out for everybody. Kip, are you good on the Perry topic? Absolutely. All right, Berkey, Ber- I'll turn the page here a little bit. I wanted to just ask you about um, your new role, you know, named executive director of the Pro Women's Hockey Players Union, and just give us a sense of what we can expect. I think we're about a month away from the launch of this league here. How are you feeling about where things are at? And what can people expect? Well, first off, we're really thrilled. We're excited about the draft was exciting. Training camp opened up. We're well into, into the training camp. Uh, we've got a showcase coming up at Utica from the 3rd to the 7th where the, all the players are going to come in and play and do clinics and do all kinds of things. We're really excited about the launch. There's been some negative stuff about the uniforms and all that. And I would say to people, we are trying desperately to get this league going. If that means we have to take some steps that look like they're not the ones you'd like to if you had 24 months to put this together, that's fine. We would rather play. If we have Toronto uniforms and they're not the Toronto Maple Leaf uniforms, we're going to wear generic uniforms if we have to to get going. We want to get going. This is the best league in the world. It's a new experiment, and we're excited about it. So the next step would be we'll get the final rosters on December 11th. We'll elect player representatives for each team, and then we'll get going with the season on January 1st. Forget uniforms for a minute. I just can't wait for your first striker lockout. <laughs> well, we've got an eight-year, we have an eight-year collective bargaining agreement, so we think we're pretty. Oh, safe on I'll that. be too old by then <laughs> to have that type of fun. Have you had enough time to still watch uh, the league as closely as you ever have? I still follow it very closely. You know that we watch hockey every night, so it's. Uh, it, I'm excited to watch the women start playing. I'm really excited about the new role, but in the meantime. Yeah, we're still watching the game as closely as possible. Okay, so uh, just to follow up real quickly, we passed American Thanksgiving. We know what that means to the analytic world in terms of who makes it and who doesn't. But uh, what have you seen so far out of Alberta? Because Calgary's had a turnaround, uh, and it looks like Edmonton's on their way. But according to American Thanksgiving, man, they, they got a lot of catching up to do. 
Well, I would never bet against the players on Edmonton in terms of being able to reverse a, a poor start. I remember one year in, in Vancouver, we had a real poor start, and we played 780 or 760 winning percentage hockey the rest of the year and made the playoffs. Finished with damn near 100 points. So uh, with the players they have, I don't know what happened, why they got off the rails. Uh, I like their coach that was fired. I like the new coach also. But I, uh, I don't understand why they got off the rails, but they're back on the rails. And look out. That's a dangerous team. And Calgary, I think they've had a good team all along. They haven't sorted it out. Now they appear to. Goaltending appears to be solidified. And they look like they're making a, a statement back. Berkey, you know, we're, we're in talking about the Leafs here, you know, we keep running into uh, it's hard to make a trade. You know, this time of year, you know, we're heading into December. What are your thoughts on, you know, the feasibility of changing your roster at this point, 20 games in? Well, I think if you're talking about trading, making major changes and bringing in impact players, it's hard to do. It's hard to do in a hard cap system where everyone's capped out. And it's very difficult to change it. You've got four players locked up with a lot of money. That's been the, the problem from day one. But I don't see how they get out of that problem. I don't see how they do anything but re-sign um, Willie Nylander and see, and see what they can do with what they have. I said that about two weeks ago. I said, I don't know how you talk about, about not signing this player now or moving this player now who's playing so well. So to my, in my mind, they made, that, they made that bet. They made that choice a long time ago. I think they're stuck with that. But I don't think they'll be able to bring in an impact defenseman, for example, with the cap situation they have without moving one of those guys. And I don't see that. Berkey, I got to ask you about uh, your most recent team, the Pittsburgh Penguins, man. Uh, Kyle Dubas goes in there. He shakes the uh, the tree pretty hard and drops in a, an Eric Carlson yet. You know, they're, they're fighting that 500 hockey here. Uh, what have you seen out of Pittsburgh <clears throat> since you, you've been gone? And, like, where do you think this is headed for them? Well, I think the biggest problem they've got that I can see is consistency. I think if you ask the players, they would tell you they haven't put together four or five good games in a row. They had a good trip out to California where they won three, but they have not played up to their potential, and I think they feel they've been inconsistent. But they've got enough weapons, they can turn that around too. I, I, I wouldn't count that team out ever, not with Sid and Tanger. Gino. Yeah, certainly uh, enough talent there. You know, a lot of teams are sitting there with the talent and trying to jumpstart the groups like the the Wild and, um, you know, we saw the Oilers fire a coach. What are your thoughts on these early season firings? Those those two in particular, it's just it feels like these were pretty good teams that just kind of had no other options given cap situations and where they were at. Well, you, Nikki and, and Justin, you guys know my view on this. I think the lack of patience with coaches and GMs is horrifying. I think it's been a problem in our league for a long time, but I think it's been exacerbated greatly by new owners. You've got owners now that don't really understand, and they're too quick to pull the trigger. I think the changes have been overwhelming and unnecessary, and I think that the, the, what's really amped it up now is the chance to fire people where people start chanting, fire this guy, fire that guy, which which you never had as a result, you know, until a really extreme situation where teams were desperately out of it. But a team, now you lose three in a row and they start chanting. So I think it's a, a, a real problem in our sport. But I think the lack of patience, I, I look at the teams, that, the teams that have been successful have steady hands leading the charge. And I look at, I think the math doesn't work. 
I've said this all along when they kept adding teams. They added Minnesota. They added Tampa Bay. They added this team. They added that team. They added Columbus. They added Vegas. They added Seattle. And all that did is make the map worse for the teams that were there. So when I was there, when I first turned with Nicky first played for me, there were 21 teams. So it was 20, every 21 years you were expected to win. Now it's 32. And some of these guys are talking about expansion. So every 32 years, you turn to your owner and say, yeah, we did it. Do you think any of those owners understand that map? Because I don't. I don't think any of them do. Okay. I got one one to go against your theory on, on changing the coaches too quickly, and that is in Vancouver with Rick Tockett. I think we can look at uh, what's transpired you know, in the last, what, six months, eight months for Vancouver, but no bigger impact than Rick Tockett changing the culture and the expectations of his roster. That's where one has really worked so far, Berkey. Well, great, Nikki. You can point out one example. Of good job, pal. Way to go. You make a great lawyer. One good case out of 30. The fact of the matter is, I did an analysis on this years ago when I worked for Pat Quinn. Coaching changes have a little little impact. Call it dead cat bounce, I think. So you make a coaching change, there's a short impact. Usually it does not change the fortunes of the team over time. That's historical. But I think in Tock's case, Tock is an unusual coach. I think he's exceptional. And I think he got a goaltender all of a sudden who decided to play. So what's the difference between Gabby? Bruce Boudreaux goes in there and they're chanting, Bruce, there it is. And everyone wants to have a parade for him. Then they fire him and they're saying, Tock's the guy. So it's the flavor of the month. And then they're playing great, but they're getting goaltending is the number one thing. And they made a couple of very substantial changes to their roster. Yeah, the, uh, the 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 one cup every 32 years thing does stand out. It's one something we've talked about in this show is just like some great players are never going to win a cup. How do you feel about the idea, let's say the Oilers were as bad as their start, about a guy like McDavid or Dreisaitl saying, I want to play somewhere where we have a chance, or about, you know, Marner or Matthews if they don't believe in Toronto, whoever. How would you feel if players in the NHL started treating it more like the NBA and said, get me somewhere I have a chance here? Well, that started with, with uh, Ray Bork. Yep. Ray Bork. Harry Sinden told me the story. Harry Sinden said Ray Bork went to him and said, I really want a chance to win. And and Ray, Harry Sinden went to Ray and said, you deserve a chance to win. Ray Bork never raised the issue. And Harry Sinden went to Ray and said, I'm going to try and get you. Where do you want to go? They picked Colorado. They did not win that year. Mm. People forget. They had a game seven. The year they won, they had a game seven. That's how close they came to Ray Bork never winning a cup. And so what I'd say is, like, the Twins win. They reach the finals but never won a cup. Are you saying that players don't merit the Stanley Cup ring unless they win a cup? That's ridiculous with the math we have now. Jerome McGinley, he chased the cup. He tried to win and wasn't successful. So the fact of the matter is that's going to be a – with 32 teams, you're going to have a lot more stories like that. Berkey, one more for me. I wrote an article today in the Toronto Star on the core four and – going back to that, the game against Florida, and where is that line between uh, just saying that their, their scores score or trying to squeeze a little bit more of emotion out of them or even a little bit of, 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 of nastiness or grit? Have you, over your years, players talented of this elk and, and trying to squeeze a little bit more emotion out of them, 
You've had you've had your challenges there over the years. Well, you can't turn a, a player who doesn't have grit into a gritty player. Player, the leopards don't change their spots. A player who has no no jam isn't going to start getting jam all of a sudden. Very rare. A few players have changed their style, but it's very rare. So you've got to put those players in there that add that element, and it's just part of your your game to change is the grit element. That's what Tree tried to do, bringing in a couple of the guys they brought in. And it hasn't worked so far, but I still believe in that experiment. I still believe you need players. It's like I used to tell my players, and Nikki, you probably heard this speech. Uh, A hockey team is like a symphony orchestra. You've got a first violin, and she's elegant, she's beautiful, and she has a spotlight on her, and and she's got a nice dress on and she looks great. There's a guy dressed like me blowing on the tuba, and I'm sitting in the back row. And we don't start until we both sit down. So you need all kinds of guys to win, and then you need someone to sweep up. After everyone leaves the stage, someone's got to sweep up. You need players to do all those things. But it also helps if you got a guy like, I don't know, Ryan Getzlaff too, right? Well, he was exceptional. I mean, he was a guy that could play any way he wanted to play. He and mine, when it got crude, he liked it when it was skilled. So that's an unusual guy. But you've got skilled players, and they're important to the game. They sell tickets. But you've got to surround them with players that like blue-collar jobs. You know, when you called me a lawyer a few minutes ago, I got into this cold sweat where I was in your office and you told me that if I remotely looked like I'm in the running for the Lady Bing, you were going to, like, get rid of me. <laughs> well, I, uh, I used to give an award for every major award. I used to give a bonus for every major award except the Lady Bing, and the league made me stop doing that. <laughs> yes, I was a part of that. <laughs> Berkey, great stuff, man. Continued success uh, with the Professional Women's Hockey League. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Berkey. Appreciate it. What a oh, guy. He just gave it to me, eh? One yeah. example. Yeah. You give me one example. Yeah. I also botched my question to him terribly about the Perry thing, and I kind of want to walk that back a little bit. Just about <laughs> how, I mean, obviously, Perry is going through something fairly significant here, and I didn't want to minimize that. So I just wanted to clarify oh, you're that. Good, yeah. you're good. Yeah, listen. You lived it. You walked yeah, it. Well, that's you, kind of it. You say whatever you want on that. You've got 100% all of our respect. Appreciate that. Thanks, Bill. Okay, what do we got, Sammy? Well, you know, there's just a few things in there that I thought was pretty interesting. But Berkey, I mean, ultimately, it's beliefs aren't going to change. Right? Like he's like every guy we ask that question to, they all say the same thing. It's like you're not going to change. Leopard's not going to change his spots. And and Brad nibbled on the sides, right? With the Ryan Reeves, it's like that's really swinging one way. And then you try to find two two guys in the middle with Max Domi and Bertuzzi. Mm. Uh, Like Bertuzzi's a good bet. Yeah, it is. But like over 20 games, there should have been a, a, a level lifted. For a style of play for the Leafs, I guess. Do you think you saw it down the the stretch when they had O'Reilly and Shen and Lafferty and McCabe added? And do you think you started to see more of what you wanted? Yeah, I did. And then they kind yeah. of moved on or weren't able to retain well, did, those guys. Yeah. I think they tried didn't, to retain. Didn't Matthews and Stamkos fight? Yeah, it was the first well, fight. It was the first fight between the two sixty goal scorers ever, and it looked right. like it. It sure yeah. did. The, the one that may have gotten away this year for the Leafs. Ryan O'Reilly. Like yeah. If you would have thought of, of a your three C yeah, instead of Domi, C's. it's Ryan O'Reilly, or even Camp. Even Camp's yeah. been not, great. not that he's, not that great. He's been bad. 
He's a guy at two and a half. We, you know, we don't talk about him much, but wouldn't hate to see him get well, angry one day. You know, we talked about that contract, and we're like, oh, it's not that bad. He plays here all the time. It's like, Kills, it he be, plays 16 minutes. It might, it he, might be, might be not bad. great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's game time, presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Now, fellas, I'm going outside the NHL here. I know you, Kipper, loves it when I do this, but this is something that's very relevant and will excite you. Euro uh, 2024. Professional Bowling Association stuff. The uh, Shohei Otani odds. The odds on where Are he there will play any that opening he'll come day. to Toronto? The favorite? is the Los Angeles Dodgers at plus 125. It's a pretty heavy fave. The second favorite, come on, is your Toronto Blue Jays at plus 300. Wow. There is a better chance, according to Bet365, that the Toronto Blue Jays will land Shohei Otani than Connor McDavid wins the heart. <laughs> I love that comparison. Okay. Now, yesterday... That is not correct. Yesterday, when I, According to the <laughs> yes, books, I beautiful sponsor... I, I, I said that... Uh, the Blue Jays were getting played here. They needed another big fish to keep everybody interested and drive the price up. Mm-hmm. You the still only, feel the same way. <laughs> I'm kind of leaning a little bit to if this has any legs at all. Mm-hmm. Mm. The Jays have to blow this thing out of the water. Absolutely. Okay? So if you think you're in the 50s, I'm telling the people upstairs... 75. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That's how you blow it out of the water. You want him? Yeah. Listen. If he can pitch and hit, it'd be different next year. The 15 million extra a year, nothing to these guys. We'll nothing. buy some extra shirts, we promise. Okay. Yeah. Like, And this is, again, uh, right across the country. You'll get that money back. So, or even if you don't get it back, yeah. you'll minimize it. Right. Go get them, but you got to go 15, 20 million above everybody else. I agree. Yeah. I mean, hey, let's get weird. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Um, yeah, I still got Oh, feel. Sammy, you're getting a little excited. I would be lying if I said I'm not excited. Well, listen, if you can't, you know, I think my, my boy Andrew Stoughton tweeted today, like, if you can't let yourself go there and think about it, like, hey, what do you follow sports for? Enjoy and, it a little. And I think I'm a naturally pretty pessimistic guy when it comes to sports. Life? Oh. No, I think I'm, you know, I'm pretty positive in you other are. parts of my life. Yes. Uh, I'll I'm be just, the judge of that. <laughs> I'm just looking down here at the, uh, the odds. They have taken down the odds on Bet365. What do you mean? They are no longer up. The Shohei Otani odds. So something may Someone be happening. Someone something. Something oh may be oh happening. It's so, happening. Uh, I just wanted to put that out there. Um, the actual hockey <laughs> stuff I have for uh, you guys is I was looking at the Stanley Cup favorites, and I wanted to know who you guys thought were the Stanley Cup favorites, the the number one favorite. Stanley Cup. Stanley Cup favorite right now is probably Vegas. Nope. Kipper. I will say uh, Florida. Rangers. No. Nope. Rangers. Colorado and the Rangers are tied at 8-1. to one. The Bruins are 9-1. to one. Golden Knights 9-1 to one as well. And then it's Carolina, the Stars, and the Toronto Maple Leafs yeah. coming so no, in Florida's one Florida's way down, eh? Florida is 15-1. to one. Uh, oh, If you Florida. were looking for somewhere to find value, the Panthers yes. would be a good place to start. No question. Yeah. They look that decor awesome. is so good. They look like Sam they, Reinhardt's they, become a star. They look like they could start a game one. Yeah. 
They're they're this week. they're humming. And uh, yeah, they're just and they got just missiles out there. That Bennett, you played the clip of Boys, Bennett hitting, hitting Slade in the playoffs last year. Is, is, oh, is, God, is yeah. goalie Bob now like real deal goalie Bob? Like if we. The fact that it's there still should be encouraging, especially in a league where you don't know who's what on any given day. It's like, I don't know, Aiden Hill, Bobrovsky, these guys they, can turn they it tell on. tell me, like, how old is he, 35? He's up there, Sounds I think. right, yeah. They Some... tell me he's got the body of a 25-year-old. This guy is just a machine. Really? Yes. Some say that about me, too, that I have the body of a 25-year-old. <laughs> yeah. In terms of muscle hey. development? Or... Hey, a broken washing machine. <laughs> That's what you are. Um... <laughs> and then uh, just a couple of games for tonight, but we'll get into more news and notes. But uh, Calgary Flames are a pretty big underdog at home, plus 110. Don't mind that. They've been playing better. And the Vegas Golden Knights were scuffling a bit, and we'll talk about that in news and notes. They are a plus 105 underdog in Vancouver tonight. It's a little value to with those two there. Markstrom expected to play tonight against Dallas. I watched Vladar the other night, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I'd be pulling maybe a back-to-back on him. You, you like him? He hasn't, I guess his, his numbers haven't been great all year, and maybe it's just too much of a one-off for... Yeah. Like I said yesterday, Calgary, Pasca. we need some clarity on what they are. So they need to pick a direction and go there quickly. Okay. Uh, and that was Game Time, presented by Bet365. Uh, visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary. Bet365 must be 19+, plus, Ontario only. Please play responsibly. I saw someone tweet Shojay uh, Otani, which oh, I like is a new nickname. But just, we got to relax on who we're trusting here. Okay, to my all my friends out there that are firing me tweets from nobodies. Yeah, send me Jeff Passan. Okay, <laughs> Jeff Passan says Shohei Otani is on the Blue Jays. Yeah, you can send me that text. Don't send me Which guys. Our guys is going to have it first. I don't care. Whoever is legit, I just don't need to read like you know. I don't know. I don't want anyone. What are you yeah. saying? You don't trust the internet? You correct. It's almost <laughs> like rumors fly. Breaking very news. Quickly. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. Like, Anyways, they just, you know, let's just, let's reel it in a little bit. All right. Reel it in. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, Oilers and Jets tonight. Oilers looking to make it four straight. And also a rule that we discussed prior to the show that I want to bring to air because it, it, you don't even know what I'm talking about? Well, I keep going. I'll get there. This is why we don't talk before the show, the boys. The offside. There was an example uh, last night yes, yes, during yes, yes, the yes, L.A. Kings game and the Washington Capitals mm-hmm. where Justin Bourne told me just prior to the show, enough's enough. I want this change on the offside rule. And I got to tell you, I like it. So no stick around after the break and we'll dive into that one on The Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, some of those uh, Spotify counters. What do we? What do we? Wrapped. What do you call that? Spotify Wrapped. Yeah. Just doing a uh, review. Yeah, Johnny Larue. Yeah. Tweeted, it's official. Real Kipper and Bourne was number one for me in 2023. This guy was on for, let me just take a look here. He's listened to 174 episodes for a total of seven days and 17 hours. Like, how is he not sick of us? I guess, probably. I I get sick of me. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, well, hey, I get it. Again, I, I just can't believe people do, and I appreciate that. So. Yeah, it's nice. Many, okay, many we, uh, Keep we, sending them in. I, they're, they're, I don't know if you guys like them, but, God, they're great for my ego. I like them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, doesn't hurt. Uh, I mentioned uh, Oilers and the Jets tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. So in a matter of eight days, I don't know, roughly right. eight days, where was Connor McDavid in the scoring race? I Page think, three. I think Sorry? he was Page 91st, three. and now he's ninth, if I'm not mistaken. I had him as low as... A hundred and three. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Like eight days ago. Yeah, that Where sounds right. Now? Yeah, he's he's a T nine with Leon Draisaitl. You yeah. may have heard of as well. It's a pretty good comeback. Not bad. Yeah. Play, what player of the week? Uh, no, because you know what what happened? <laughs> Nikita Kucherov had oh, six yeah. points against Carolina. Get this. So they win eight two against Carolina. Kucherov is on for eight goals for only twenty seven times in NHL history. Um, from Dom Lucision, have, have a player has a player been on for eight goals? Kucherov's done it twice. He was on for eight goals, so on ten shots. So his team got ten shots while he's on the ice, scored eight times, six points. He might be a player of the week as well. He's pretty good, pretty good. Thirty-seven points, first in the NHL. Shout out to the Montreal Canadiens with their win over the Columbus Blue Jackets last night. Uh, one of those teams they don't fully suck, no. which is must Montreal be nice doesn't fully suck. Base. We can, according to the standings, there's 28 teams that yeah, true. don't fully suck. They're all the same team. Right. But there's, you know, Montreal has some decent players. I'm not shocked by their results. I don't know if I said it loud and proud to start the season, but they got some players. That Matheson's having a great season. 10 and 10. Like last, I think uh, St. Louis is doing good things. Last place in the East is 16 points. That's not many. Yeah, but I mean, the first playoff spot is 25, so it's like... Okay, you know, yeah. You could still get there from last place. Yeah. It's within striking distance. Well, not within striking distance, but, you know, like, look at it. Like, there's just a schmozzle here. There's not a ton of... God, the Sens listen, aren't bad. Listen. Why is it the Sens? But look, at the, the Jackets are bad. Jackets are bad. Sens are not. What is going on with the New Jersey Devils here, guys? That just... This is a team that if we saw them... I don't get any saves. Number one in their division, nobody would have been surprised. Yes, they. Jack Hughes was out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. He sure was out of the lineup. But this is a team we still expect, or maybe we don't expect anymore. Yeah, I, I still expect them to be much, much better than they've Sarah been. Doing okay. Oh, oh, God, I hate that clip. The Penguins and the Devils, to me, are two very good teams quite a ways back. The Red Wings in the wild card spot probably in some trouble there still. But Pat Kane, maybe that'll put them over the edge. We mentioned uh, on our Toronto Maple Leaf Hour of the Real Kipper and Bourne show that uh, Mark Giordano is out week to week, but Shea Theodore also is out week to week for the Knights. And Jaden Schwartz, who took a shot in Chicago, mm-hmm. I believe is probably on his way home or will be sent home. Uh, he is he also out week to week. And yeah. you know what's really kind of funny now is that they don't necessarily tell you week to week. They just say, not day-to-day. Yeah. (laughs) It's really goofy. It's getting more vague. Seattle last season finished, I believe, fourth in the NHL in goals four per game. They're 26th right now. Burakovsky's out. Schwartz is out. Like, they just can't shoot it into the net. And so it's going to be tough for them to win hockey games like that and tough to see where the goals are going to come from. Um, Interesting with Jaden 
Schwartz out of the lineup tonight. Uh, they they called somebody else up from the American Hockey League. Is someone Cartier? not named Shane Wright. Mm-hmm. And I find that really interesting. Marion Studnich? Yes. Um, He's playing, I think, his first NHL game tonight. But, like, I get it that you you, you want to leave him alone, but, I don't know, throw him a bone or just yeah. wet his appetite a little bit, bring so him up? When no. I was with the Marlies and the Leafs were bad and they wanted to call people up, they made an effort to not call up the players who they wanted to be there for real, for real sometimes. Because they wanted to, once they call up Kapanen, they wanted him to be an NHL player. Or Connor Brown. They didn't want to call him up, send him down, call him up, send him down. They, they wanted to call up the guys they knew were NHLers when they were ready. But they would call up Tobias Lindbergh mm. to go play games or, you know. Colin any, Greening. Yeah, Colin Greening. Yes. Great example. You know, they would call up these guys that they didn't see. They didn't want to jerk their, them around. They wanted them to focus on just having a steady, solid season. So maybe there's something there. Don't test me on my 2015 lease knowledge, pal. You know, <laughs> yeah, you'd be disgusted. I'm weirdly how, impressed by that. <laughs> the other thing, which too, is your, your head coach has to be on board here. And I don't get that out of Haxtell in Seattle. Yeah, like, he's it's not what, a right guy. I'm just saying that. Wrong guy? It, Sorry. It, um, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense for them to call him up to only have the head coach play him six and a half minutes. Yeah. I get that. How do you feel about Nick Robertson a, in Toronto playing Tro- seven minutes a night? Oh, he's a Toronto guy or Burlington? Yeah, Shane Ontario. Wright? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, maybe call him up, throw him a bone. He's a top pick playing know, in Toronto. I know, but it's to Justin's point that like, they, want, they, want they, they, they want him to stick here. They want him to be uh, uh, Byfield. Yeah, but by the way, if you ask Shane Wright, he'd say, yeah, send me up and down. I don't care. Every time I'm collecting it, let me play in the league, man. Let me show you I can do it. But he's having a good year in the AHL for the Coachella Valley Firebirds. He's got 12 points in 13 games, seven goals. So maybe they just want to keep his momentum going down there. You know who's been good for them is that Vince Dunn. Yeah. He is their best defenseman. Yeah. Um, You guys want to talk about the offside thing? Yes, I do. Okay, so uh, last night, uh, by the way, Really impressive, low-scoring, non-Ovechkin scoring game by the Washington Capitals. Like, what, what, what is their record, by the way, with, like, Ovi not looking and scoring like Ovi? 11-4 and four or something like that? Where are they at? 11-6-2 and two now. 11-6-2 and two and beat a pretty sound hockey club. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they beat... L.A. is so good. So good. Can... Where is, we should look at their odds. Do, do, do you be... have a like a, a shots on goal? Like I, I, I don't think Ovi had much more than two or three shots. Like we're not getting Ovi like eight, ten shots nights anymore. No, and that really showed his dominance. That he was all over the puck. He was around it. So shots on goal, two shots last night. Two. Yeah. And how many minutes? Twenty. Uh, thirteen. Whoa, thirteen thirty-seven. He played twenty-two and twenty-three minutes the two games prior. Okay, do we? Uh, I I didn't watch closely, but he had 13 minutes, so I don't know. Maybe he got hurt or something last night. But he has no no points in his last four games. He's got five and seven for 12 points on the season. His goal total is tied for 125th in the league, and I think he has two empty netters. If I'm not mistaken. He does. You don't think uh, it's happening? 
It, what's that? You know what? It's happening. Gr- it's happening. Gretzky, Borny was right. Gretzky must feel like Jack Nicholas felt when Tiger Woods got hurt first. Yeah. Just like, you know, I'm not, I'm suddenly not as sure I'm going to get caught for this I all time record. I actually think that is a decent parallel here. Yeah. That like it looked it like, like for sure lock. Woods was going to blow by Nicholas. Lock. Until he hit a wall. Yes. Oh. So yes, I, he hit a I, golf I, club. I get, yeah. I get it. Um, you know, and it's been around forever. You want a Canadian to hold on to that record, and wherever you are politically, yeah. I get it. It's hard not to feel that, right? With Ovi? Yeah, of course. With Ovi, yeah. to break Gretzky's record. But there is a part of me that says, like, he's been so good for so long, yeah. and I'm not sure how I feel about this. Like, I, who doesn't love Gretzky? Mm. But I can't get there. He said it. I've hated Ovi since. Records should be made to be broken. Not Gretzky's said it himself. Now, deep down, does he want to keep it? Probably from a selfish human point of view. I get it. I'd want to keep it. But at the same time, we will never get anybody close to this ever again, will we? That's ah, fine. that's fine. Matthews is tracking. <laughs> but but, uh, but Ovechkin, in terms of Ovechkin's early career, yeah, o- o- Ovechkin... Uh, just needs to me to have the title of the greatest scorer of all time, or, you know, because he has, but not the actual number, right? Because I think but then the era not. he played in was different than okay. Gretzky's era. That's fair. So, but you know, goals he's the greatest, to, but not the most pucks went in the net off of his stick, right? But if the, there was way more pucks going in off everyone's stick when the goalies were all wearing, right. you know, listen, I'll I'll die on this hill. I've hated Ovi since the tinted visor at the World Juniors. I've never been a very big fan. Yeah. So I don't want him to have it. There's straight I, up. There's I'll a, be honest, I don't either. There's so. a lot of there's there's Mostly large I don't portions be right of his David game <laughs> that has brought me over to and listen, winning the Stanley Cup and hearing Barry Trotz describe Ovi's uh, transition to a guy that looks like he could just score goals and probably think about himself more often than not to a a guy that was willing to do whatever it took to win Stanley, uh, a Stanley Cup, yeah, that, that earns a lot of respect. Do you think, like, Tiger has Charlie Woods on the way? Sergei Ovechkin is going to be yeah. bombing pucks into Probably. the net soon? That's going to happen scary fast, by the way. What's that, Charlie we're, Woods? We're like, you know where Ovechkin's kid's like, it's like oh, he's 14, the scouts well, are already looking at him. kid's like yeah, he's lighting 18 up. or something. Yeah, yeah. He's lighting up the dub. Yeah. So. It's kind of oh, but okay. the outside we, thing. Uh, we... we Kind of derailed a little bit, even though it's not off the rails Friday here. That was a big time derail. During the game, <laughs> you had pointed out that mm-hmm. there was an offside that lasted how long before the whistle? One minute and five seconds. The LA Kings had ozone possession time before Kopitar scored a beautiful goal to tie the game. And mm-hmm. then you had mentioned to me that there should be a, a buffer or a statute of limitations yes. in terms of when you could go back. Yeah, and go ahead. No, you finish. My, my thinking on this is just if it's a rush and someone's offside, obviously, obviously blow it down, whatever, and then wave off the goal. If it's, you know, a play that happens after a rush and the ensuing scramble, whatever, blow it down. After everyone's back in the zone, you're into 20 seconds, 30 seconds. The other teams had the puck. The Capitals have had the puck for, you know, a couple of possessions. Maybe that's what it is. Like, the other team getting possessions can, can negate it or something. But at some point, they were playing competitive hockey against the Kings like it was real for a minute and a half or a minute and five seconds before the Kings score. 
the goal against you. You shouldn't just get like there should be after whatever we decide, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, two touches. That was too long to go back and say, actually, it doesn't count. I, see, and I am totally on board with that. Ooh, we don't get that on the show very well, often. I, I not to be agree boys here, but like bang on. It's absurd. It's against the spirit of the rule. Like right. it's it's something I brought up so, with like baseball rules and stuff. It's if the there, spirit of the game. If there is incidental contact on a goaltender, he gets time to reset. That's right. And then it's irrelevant yeah, when, when, a re- when, when, when a referee feels like he's had ample time. So should an offside. Well, what's the That's difference? That's actually a really good parallel. What's the difference? Yeah. I think we just fixed it. Right? Yeah, we did. Well, hold on. We the, the hard answer then. Okay, so now we're the league. Do you want it to be touches or time? Time. Time? Time for me. You got 20 seconds to, after the, yeah, the offside. To me, you can even push it to 30 if you want. But to, to over me, a minute's absurd. 30, to, to me, it's when the... Uh, Official deems uh, subjective. Subjective. Oh, great. Just Ooh, imagine that in play. Just so we need more gray area. When he, yeah. when he deems that the, the recovery is there, that yeah. that it's it's no longer relevant to what's moving from this moment forward. It's irrelevant. It's yeah. just another maybe missed call. So people want, hey, black and white. Mm-hmm. If it's offside, it's offside. If it's not, it's not. But where else is there? Black and white. No, you're right. Hooking, it's all penalties holding, are subjective. Uh, most incidental contact. It's all yeah. right where you look at it and you make a judgment. Going call. back for icing so and who's winning the race is subjective. If we back ten years ago, I don't know if you guys remember, but it was it was Matt Duchesne's breakaway, yeah. Colorado versus Nashville. Yeah, where it was, and the word that they used was uh, egregious. egregious. Yeah. Agree. It was agree. And guess what? They were right. And it was agreed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Even Duchesne hey, thought it was that's, it, it, that's what it should still be because that was a, a goal mm-hmm. scored on it that affected the game, and that's where it should be used. But once there's that recovery period, then just let it go like anything that was subjective anyways. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that... It's just dicey, right? It's game seven. There's an offside goal. It happens 24 seconds after the, you know, the guy entered the zone. Wes McCauley sees the Leafs, and he's like, oh, I better call it against yeah. the Yeah. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a minute and three seconds, but sorry, I still I think know. it's we're going to wave it I'm going against what I also wrote today where I'd rather leave the three-on-three three where it is than I shot blocks and uh, all of it. Like, just pick the worst out of anything Pick the pick the best of the pick worst. The best of the worst. Yeah, is what I'm trying to say. Yes. And the Leafs have had a couple exciting ones recently, where it gets a little stretched out again. Mm-hmm. It was like that at the start. Like the first three years of three on three was maybe not three years, but maybe two. It was incredibly exciting because it was just breakaway two and one. There's no coaching yet. There's no coaching yet. But now it's just. I actually, when Willie brought it out of the zone last game against Florida, I was like, oh, like I slammed and it was, it the was desk. actually a, I thought an unnecessary Completely. time to do it too. I, but you're not going to change. I'm it. finding interesting too is that now people are starting to care on uh, where your points are coming from and oh, yeah. where it's regu- like the Leafs five regulation wins out of how many now? Twenty. The, the Leafs have played twenty games. Twenty games, and I think nine have gone to overtime. Yeah, and they've gotten a lot of points in those games, if I'm not mistaken. But what's abundantly clear is that you guys can't find ways to win a sixty minute hockey game. That's 
kind of the big picture. Well, yeah. you're looking at this point of the season for signs that give us a better indication of what teams really are than their record. Goal differential is really good there. Regulation uh, wins is really good there. And obviously, you know, by those metrics, having done Leaf show, they don't grade out great. Plus two and you got eight wins in overtime, regulation overtime wins total. The leading teams in the league with regulation wins are all the good ones, right? Canucks, uh, Colorado, New York, L.A., Boston, Florida, Vegas, Dallas. Like, it's the cream of the crop. And then you go all the way down right. to the bottom. 14 games tonight, boys. 14. It's a lot. It's a lot. A lot of, give me a quick score here. At least look after Seattle. Seattle's soft, eh? Well, then that should be right up the oh. Leafs alley, according to your There's theories no, today. No way the Leafs lay an egg in a weekday game <laughs> against an out of conference opponent. <laughs> no chance that happens. Uh oh, what's going on? Am I getting a call? What's happening? What's going? We're on? literally listening to your phone on. What's yeah. happening right now? <laughs> Nothing. I just missed a call. <laughs> uh, Oilers, Oilers and Jets. Give me, a, give me, a, give me a team. Uh, Oilers, Oilers are humming right now. A lot of goals. How about that? Score fast. Vegas, Vegas uh, good test. Vegas coming off a couple of losses to uh, teams in Alberta. Yeah, Vegas is actually kind of scuffling a little bit. Their last 12, they haven't been very good. So I like the Calgary. I'll take another. I like Vegas tonight. All right. Enjoy your games tonight, everybody. We're back tomorrow. Our thanks to Brian Burke and John Forsland uh, for their time on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. And once again, get a chance. Give us a rating, a review. Where do they do that, Sammy? I don't even know. Everywhere. Spotify, Apple. The internet. Sammy says anywhere. Write good things about me and then just poop all over these two guys. (laughs) Okay. Sounds fair. We'll take the reviews. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow on The Real Kipper and Born Show. Have a great night, everybody.